this definitely. I, I, I knew I knew it was you all along. That was that was my plan. <laughs> I suspected it, and then I found out it was it was it was me and you. And uh, on that note, welcome to episode one of Shoulders of Giants. Very uh, excited to give you a little top end intro this week because uh, top end I'm... intro because normally <laughs> our intros are at the end. He's in the lingo, Shepi. He's in the lingo. I'm loving it. Twisty um, turny. This is like actually that uh, we've already done an intro, I guess. But this is yeah. For, uh, this is a slight disclaimer for the beginning of this episode one, Shoulders of Giants, and that's right, folks. It's called Shoulders of Giants. I'm Sheppy. This is Jim. It is, and uh, and that is much better lingo there, Sheppy. Disclaimer. I like it. I like Thanks, it. Thanks, man. It's like yeah. It's, this this is a little you know a little sneak peek because what you're about to listen to is the first episode of our of our pod and you know it's our first one little mistakes creep in i think we can't be judged too much on that right tiny tiny things like getting the name of the pod wrong uh (laughs) repeatedly repeatedly (laughs) i thought it was going to be just me but yeah no no and i assume uh episode two as well so we're saying right now just to clear up any confusion What's the name of this pod right now, Jimmy? We're both working on shoulders of giants, Sheppy. That's Not working. Standing on folks. the shoulders. Yeah. Working. This yeah, is this is uh, working. Working. <laughs> I'm loving it. But yeah. I'm not going to sit here and apologize. What I will say is that, you know, if you don't like rough edges, buy a sander. That's that's the tagline <laughs> to this <laughs> whole thing. So what do you think about that? We have a second disclaimer, though. We do have a second disclaimer because uh, I had to record this during a period where I was without a boat and was uh, was in a campsite. <laughs> a campsite. Yes, I get. I, yes, yes, yes. And uh, yes, well, there's this living like Uncle attack. Traveling Matt. There, there was a bird attack, which plays in to <laughs> sort of does. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Yeah, it was. It was. We've a done Twitter. our best with the edit, but there's a couple of moments where. The, the tweets they come thick and fast but yeah. i think you'll find it's quite enticing so uh stick <clears> with the <throat> tweets and you'll miss them in future episodes we might have to put them in because they've become part of when i hear jim in my mind now i only hear bird tweets it's, uh, <laughs> it so it looks like someone's punched me in the throat and i start whistling yeah. through my through my lips a couple of times it's it's the uh sean connery and rising sun maneuver which <laughs> he, he gave it well i've only seen that film i'm pretty sure maybe twice but not for a long time but the first I time think it been my first 18 with you it was yeah. it was your first 18 uh, wow. is huge and then the bus ride home took a long time but that's a tale for another time because this is just a quick disclaimer <laughs> for the beginning of episode one so there you go but listen stick with it because it's not all bad i will say I, uh, at one point, the language gets a bit fruity, which I, that's fine, you know, I think. Jimmy, okay. do you think you say anything offensive in the future episodes you just want to apologise for? Uh, <laughs> or do we just apologise for all of it right now? Let's which just apologise really right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and more for my stuff. stupidity, to be honest, Sheppy. Than, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, uh, yeah. um, like, yeah. Can't say no to a beak. Hey, welcome to Standing on the Shoulders. I'm Jim and really excited for our very first pod. Uh, Standing on the Shoulders is basically a pod celebrating uh, movies that me and my esteemed colleague and best friend of 30 plus years, Benny. (laughs) I'm calling him Benny. He's going to call himself something else in a minute. (laughs) I was going to mention that straight away. I'm just going to interrupt immediately, which is that one podcast rule never to break. (laughs) <laughs> and I should caveat, I'll sometimes call you Sheppy because you, we won't give you That's a full fine. surname in case people start looking you up when we get millions of listeners. <laughs> 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 so, um, look, basic format of this show is we're going to um, give each other, I, I guess, a, uh, a sense of why we love the movie we've chosen. And then we're going or TV show or popular culture or whatever well, we end do, up doing. Really, do we know what shall we? Well, shall we tell these nice people since it's the uh, the first uh, episode 
of the podcast, what films and TV, what is standing on shoulders, Jimmy? What is it? Well, I think basically we're talking about trying to build on existing material, sometimes go back and revisit, um, you know, sequels that have happened, but we actually kind of want to take a new tangent or go in a new direction. So it's, it's pitching, isn't it? Pitching it's, to uh, one We're going to pitch each other an idea for a film or like possibly a sequel or a prequel or an alternative sequel, sometimes like a what if. Uh, that's basically going to be everything I do is stuff that can't actually exist in the way that I'm going to describe it, just to make it extra pointless. But yeah, we're going to do a, uh, for example, a what if uh, Star Wars prequel, for example, or a what if James Bond film, uh, like, ooh, what if Sean Connery had only done three Bond films and then it was someone else. Um, that's the way we're sort of going into it. And we're going to pitch each other ideas that I, I haven't told Jimbo my thoughts for, my film today and Jimbo hasn't told me his and so we're gonna have live reactions I'm very <laughs> excited about and Jimbo let me say I would never have chosen the film that you chose maybe if we got to like 400 episodes and I'm really running out of ideas I would never have thought to choose this but as a first film to talk about for this the first podcast I think it's genius and I love it um, and it's great, and it taps into the nostalgia. But I mentioned Star Wars, and that's such an obvious choice. So yeah, let's let's not do that, you know, yet. But yeah, this this film, which I mean, podcast, I will say, whoever's listening to this, both of them, maybe if we're lucky, two of them will know what film it is. But I like building up the anticipation anyway. But I'm sure <laughs> if they've clicked on this to listen, they know exactly what film we're talking about. So this is absolutely pointless. But Jimbo, since it was your excellent idea, what film are we going to be pitching? Am I correct in saying we're both pitching a sequel to this yeah, film? We are, Sheppy. Yeah, I believe I so. Like it. Yeah, so I certainly am. And uh, yeah, The Goonies, Sheps. The Goonies, which is the not Goonies. a movie that's ever been one of our movies if that's no. fair to say. Like, I would we've, say we've, we've never been, really... as you said, no, our friend's 30 years, man and boy, and we've, we've seen some movies together, by God, um, and we discovered films together, you and I. Um, you know, let's say, for example, Vacation, we found that film together, like maybe five years after it had come out and so forth. So, so that's nice. And The Goonies is interesting, because, yeah, it was mid-'80s, 85 and you and I were exactly the right age, born in 77. Ooh. And so it's like, it's funny that individually and together, it's not one of our favourites. I mean, individually, I know that you had it on VHS with the cool it cover. It cost me a fortune. I think it was I 15 it quid. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think it might be my ridiculous. very first VHS. The size of a shoebox. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, so personally then, Jimbo, what is The Goonies to you? Did you see it at the cinema? I didn't, man, no. Did you? You know what? And I think this says it all. I don't know. <laughs> I can remember films from before 1985 at the cinema easily. I don't remember if I saw it at the cinema. I want to say I saw it at Cranley Regal Cinema, which you and I saw many a film uh, together as well as separate. And I'm like... I want to say I saw it, in, uh, but I, I, I can't say for certain. I did see it on video, like, you know, so it would have been 86 at the latest when I first saw it, and I saw it on TV and everything, which was always yeah. cut. But, yeah, but again, I did see it when I was the right age, and I'm going to say I probably saw it at the cinema, but it didn't leave a lasting impression, obviously, and I've seen it many times over the years, and, and the last time I saw it was actually only about three or four months ago. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so that's worked out really well. And that was the first time I'd seen it for at least 10 years. So does yeah. it hold up so, for you, Sheffy? Where I mean, just well, it's on the a quick same rewatch. As oh, always. About 20 well, years for me, I think. Honestly. So, but... <laughs> well, let me, first of all, before I get too sidetracked, where does it sit with you personally? Oh, look, I, I didn't see it at the cinema. I can almost certainly attest to that. But having owned the VHS, it was one of the first movies. That and Back to the Future were as word perfect. Like, knew every scene like just could nice. you know do a car journey where i did the whole movie in dialogue impressions the works i bet you, know, you were popular uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah unbelievable you left I, at that petrol station on purpose i'm sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure i used to think mouth was pretty cool 
And yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I, I just sort of, it, it was a big movie growing up, but I, I think I, I detached from it worried maybe that it might not hold up sort of thing you know but uh, right yeah but at the time you liked it and yes. you're saying it was if you're quoting it a lot it's up there at least with say back to the future or not as oh no no because i reckon back to the future is still a bit of a masterpiece in my view you know where i, I right. don't know that the yes. goonies probably is really falls right. apart at the yes. end from memory like really falls apart with the cheesiness from, yes it's true not even the cheesiness but i will say this from yeah, uh, the first half, I would say, of The Goonies is is really good. And then the second half, it loses its way. And the third act is anticlimactic and it falls apart. Um, and But I do like the characters. And we might even want to say that you and I participated in a playground game of The Goonies where we played various people. And I like the fact that you think Mouth is very cool. <laughs> I seem to remember that's who the character I was playing was. So that's nice. So <laughs> you and I, it's worth mentioning this, because so you and I played the Goonies in the playground, uh, not that recently, and so we have a history starting <laughs> not there. Not that recently. <laughs> At least a couple of years. <laughs> it's not that embarrassing. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it was, it was okay. So, yeah, in that respect you and I have a connection with the Goonies from the beginning, even though it's not necessarily, but it does sound like to you, it was more of a big deal than it was to me, but I did see it a lot and it has a lot of charm and all of the kids are, you know, none of them are annoying. So yeah, I, I like the Goonies and I like Richard Donner, but yeah. some Richard Donner films I like a lot more than others. Um, and for me, the Goonies is, you know, it's just, it's great. I love the fact that Richard Donner directed the Goonies because he directed a lot of very different films and a lot yeah. of them I really liked. Uh, you know, Superman, The Omen and Lethal Weapon are, you know, up there for me big time. And I'd also Scrooged, I love, and Maverick. Um, so, you know, and even I have, a, I have a place in my heart for conspiracy theory. So, but I've never really liked Ladyhawk so much. Um, and he's done others. But anyway, yes, Richard Donner, Dickie Donner, and he did, directed all four Lethal Weapons to, you know, I like the first one very much. So good old Richard Donner. Yeah, man, totally, totally. <laughs> so, so is it time to trample on his legacy, yes. Sheps? Um, I think so. It's what he deserves. <laughs> so even to the point, you know, you and I have come up with this concept because we wanted to do a podcast together. We've done it at... I would suggest considerable pace with no time to even get together and do a sort of a proper session, how we'll do this. So we may have approached it quite differently in terms of how we've mm, gone through I'm, it. I'm very excited about Yeah, me that. too. Yeah, so, it's great. Um, so yeah, we're all learning. It's all coming along. It's great. <laughs> it's like season one of The Simpsons when people listen back in 18 years and it's still going and they're like, ah, they're like, oh, wow, the format was different. Yeah, so yeah, no, I'm all for it, Jimbo. Let's make mistakes. I'm loving it. But you're going to pitch an idea to me for a sequel to The Goonies. Yeah? I am. Yeah, I am. And then after that, um, we will discuss it, of course, and then I will pitch you my idea for a sequel to The Goonies. Just so I know where the headspace is, would this film be coming out in 2021 in the yeah, Jimmy this universe? is a, t a 221 Jimmy universe. This is going down the route of it style, the older guys going back to the goondocks. This is it. We're getting right. bloody Thanos back. We're paying the big bucks here, Sheppy. We're, we're going for it. Josh is in. <laughs> Sign <know>. on. <laughs> He's probably main character now. Like, do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Johnny is in. Uh, Josh is in. So anyway, I just, um, I guess I wanted to say that because I feel like sometimes they'll do, if they ever did it now, you know they'd just be the mums and dads. And like it would be about the new kids, and it'd be like, oh yes. man, I don't want to do the relegation. Like, I mean, I think Force Awakens did okay with it in Star Wars, you know, with the old guard coming in, apart from Luke, obviously. But you know, it, generally speaking, with Han and Leia, they did all right in Force Awakens. But um, but relegating the old guard, I'm not up for that, man. We want to see the old characters. We want them to interact, and there's a real opportunity there right. for, for this pitch, anyway. <laughs> Okay, yes, because that's an interesting point in that, yeah, if they were to make a Goonies 2 now or really any time in the last 15 or 20 years, any Goonies 2 would absolutely be their kids and they would at best cameo and maybe at the, the third act they'd all come together. But yes, of course, it would be a kids' film with kids 
being the focus. So I like where you're going with this immediately, Jimbo. But I've, I've got to say the thing that might be a bit Marmite for you is that I see it as being a, a kind of it style thing where they go back, but it not having anywhere near tone and gravitas. I actually want it to do a sort of a solid Cobra Kai lean into the 80s sort of kitsch sort of fun. Do you know what I mean? So what I've done is I've just got like kind of a, a bit of an inciting incident for you in terms of a like, this is how it might be the cold open, if you like. And then we go and then we, um, and, th- and then I've just got where each character is now in their older life. And then they all come right. together. And then where I need your help is basically, I don't have an ending at all. But then maybe the original didn't either. Is the bloody fun splash. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, that so maybe that's appropriate. But if we look that's here, amazing. Here it is, right? I've got Jake and Francis in prison. And, um, you know, the, and so that, what the brothers, this is the brothers. We, we open on them. And I think from memory it opens in prison in the original, does it? And, it uh, their break. Does. Yes. Robert Davy nice. escaping. Robert Davy. Amazing. And Joey Pants as well. So the two of them, yes. they're back. <laughs> and they, um, they have a Morgan Freeman Shawshank-esque interview or whatever. They get released. Like, it's, it's not an escape. This is pure. They've done their time. You could almost be on their yes. side if this was an, a Netflix show. Like, do you know what I mean? You could totally have them as quite endearing. Um, and they, um, they come out of jail. They try for a few jobs. Like, it's properly like, you know, we go a bit Brooks. <laughs> I have to really pull a Shawshank, I don't even know what I was going to talk about. But we go a bit Brooks. We follow them, a couple of heartbreaking moments, all in a montage, obviously. It's all, like, really quick. And then but one of the characters I'll give you now in terms of where they're at, like, Data is, um, to all intents and purposes to the world, Data is, like, San Fran tech giant guy. Do you know what I mean? He's a billionaire, trillionaire. And, um, you know, Jake or whatever to Francis is like, do you see this kid? Do you see what he is? You know, they, they hatch this ridiculous idea to kidnap Data, basically. And so they managed to do that. That is the inciting incident here, Sheppy. And, um, That's amazing. So <laughs> it then, is. It's proper return of the Fratellis. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then they've got Data. He is basically, and this this might be intercut with some of the others over over the opening. Do you know what I mean? But let's just say the inciting incident here is basically they have Data. They're basically holding him to ransom for his company. Turns out Data doesn't have any money anymore. His invention, true to form, is rubbish or whatever. Like, you know, actually, it's very hollow. Like, he isn't the San Fran giant that Time magazine is purporting him to be or whatever. He doesn't have any cash. Um, and they're about to kill him. Um, and so they're going hardcore. Uh, when And this is the bit that's a bit woolly, right? But I um, I wondered about this because there's something very... One of the things I remember, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen the Goonies, but one of the things I remember is the ship at the end is kind of just, Willie's ship is off in the distance, kind of just ghost ship style almost, like a Pirates of the Caribbean in the, in the horizon. I thought it'd be quite interesting, sort of a little bit like, you know, the kismet of it all coming back together is the ship comes back and basically has crashed and submerged, but all the treasure is lost in the bottom of the ocean somehow. Like, do you know what I mean? And divers are trying to find it or what have you, and they can't find anything, but they know about this famous ship from 30 years ago or whatever. Um, and that's on the news. So just as they're about to kill Data, they see that that's happened, and they're like, oh, shit, like this, you know. So essentially they, they go, right, well, Data, you might be able to help us to find this treasure or whatever, so he manages to talk himself out of it. And anyway, it's a bit loose, needs a bit of work there. But essentially they then head to the goondocks and then just cut to where all the characters are now. And there's sort of a call to arms because of what's happened to Data and the ship and everything, you know, they might they kind of all come back together. But I thought these could be some interesting places for the characters to be at to then all kind of regroup, if you like, and then try and either save data, save the money, or whatever, you know, or get the money. So I figured Mikey, Sean Astin, it'd be quite fun if he was like now, but still almost the Stranger Things character, Sean Astin, like really lovely bloke, town planner, like he's still mm, nice. in the goondocks because he's the guy that bloody loves it, do you know what I mean? And maybe like, he really needs them. But actually, the interesting thing about the Goonies is that in what they did, 
in not getting the development, it means they never got a super mall. They never got the stuff that other towns now benefit from, the jobs, the economy, the thriving. And the Goondas is actually freaking struggling because they didn't do the development. It would just be interesting if, the, if that hadn't worked out for them. So he actually needs money for some big town project. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it, that's going to be the cheesy ending. You know, when they get the money, they'll be able to do the project. But at the moment, nice. it's getting shut down everywhere. Um, I thought it'd be nice if Brand and um, Andy were together. They actually got together. They're proper sweethearts. They managed to get married, but it's going a bit south. Do you know what I mean? And this adventure, whatever it turns into, is going to kind of rekindle the sparks a little bit for them. Do you know what I mean? But at the moment, I thought it'd be funny if he was a driving instructor. <laughs> Just given the old thing, like a proper oh, I love it. <laughs> a license to drive style. The cup is empty job, like real hard nosed, a bit bitter. Do you know what I mean? Driving instructor. <laughs> and then he'd he have like on a, his fourth time. Yeah, totally. And he'd have a kid in the car going, Mister, you don't understand. I've got to take this girl. You don't know what a driving to, you know, what it means to me to get my license or whatever. And he knows what it means because he's been on the tricycle. But anyway, <laughs> and then they're together. And then maybe when he gets when he does his honey, I'm home, you know. And he's a piano teacher or something, you know, given she's a, you know, did that in the first one. Um, I thought it'd be really fun if Chunk had turned into a personal trainer. And uh, nice. I was like, now real super built, you know what I mean? It, just, it was just a nice twist and was just really hardcore and that stuff. I think it'd be really fun to have Mouth basically in Spain, a bit washed up. I'm thinking pure <laughs> Venkman, Ghostbusters 2. He is like a chat show host because he's so chat, you know, talky. But he's in Spain because he works in Spanish, you know. But he's he's just working like a really low red chat show and just waiting for the adventure. Do you know what I mean? But that he did get together with Steph. They might have got hitched. They split up. It's going to be the little yes. frictious sort of get together. The they get I haven't got what she's doing, to be honest with you, Steph. She was a bit of a nothing character for me anyway in the first one. She's just sort of the friend, yeah. isn't she? Um, they go back to rescue data and it all kind of kicks off. But the um, there's a moment where they're just absolutely trapped, stuck, nothing can happen or whatever. And then, of course, who comes to the rescue? You know, sloth, two-thirds of the way in, boom. <laughs> I don't know how why. Is he still alive? Like, he didn't see the end of the 80s, surely. Yeah, you're probably right, Chefs. <laughs> but I, I'd love to know, right, it's... it's terrifying because i'm just going to throw it to you but like how <laughs> where do you go with that it's like a I, I mean i guess it becomes like a there's another way in do you know what i mean it's the same sort of caves area but it's a different way in to get to it because the other way all collapsed in the original and they've got different booby traps to encounter and all the rest of it and you know all the tensions are okay. there again and, how's this um so i mean what at the moment they don't need to go back in the caves just because the ship with all the treasure you said sunk out at sea. So they don't need to go to the caves, but they do need to go to somewhere with lots of booby traps and stuff like that. Otherwise, you know, that's what the kids are paying for. So how about the ship sailed off, but we hear at the beginning that it was never found, like you say, ghost ship styly, because it's always just so random. But so let's say it sank or whatever, but it went to an old graveyard underwater and there's your loads of stalactites, stalagmites, underground caves. And it's where all the ships go. And it was pre-programmed because what the fuck? And One-Eyed Willy has a pulley system. So it's navigated <laughs> by the fourth star and all that. So it makes it there. It sinks. And this is, you know, just after the end credits roll of the first one. It's down there with all these caves, you know, and it's all airtight because whatever. And that's where they have to go. And that's where the Fratellis take data. And that's where everyone has to follow. So it's like a new environment, but it's underwater and stuff like that. Nice. I love that. That's cool. Cool as. <laughs> I like it. It's interesting that you went with the return of the villain because, you know, I'm not going to talk about mine yet, but just, I, I, you know, one of my thoughts was with a sequel, you either do the return of the villain and it's a revenge of the villain or you don't. And I like that you've done the older brothers. And I also like the fact that they don't escape. I will say, I don't know how that's going to get people on the hook in the first five minutes. If so far, it sounds like 
they just have a meeting and then they go and they do like, you know, Red was here. And then they're like, what's <laughs> yeah, the point right. of living anymore? <laughs> oh, let's go and kill that Chinese kid or, you know, instead. And it's like, well, Japanese. So it's like, well, maybe. It should maybe probably something be straight exciting. to activities. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe they should escape, you know. Maybe it's their last day and it's like, you know, and the guards are giving them hassle because they're going to be released the next day. But they're so annoyed at the guards. They escape just as a big fuck you anyway. And they escape a day early and they yeah. run off and they and you know, go, you're lucky your mother's not alive to see this because you know she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so and that might work just as something fun and exciting. And then yeah, and maybe they had planned all along to get data. It does sound again a bit dark for the Goonies, and they're like, okay, now we're gonna shoot you in the head. Oh, wait, there's a there's a thing. Maybe it could all be tied into that, like they think data's invented this cool sonar technology which can find the ship and that's why they take him and oh that's, why they're Sheppy, out there. that's beautiful i love that yeah 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 yeah. that's that's a great and everyone great. has different reasons and they all follow that's cool and i like it and it's going to be like Waterworld and really expensive and no one <laughs> you know it's going to sink a studio this fucker i love it yes can yes, i say one very, final thing on very it? expensive I thought it would be really good if, and this is a sad note, but like, you know, if Corey Haim was still around, kind of the guy that should, almost could have or should have been in the Goonies as well, maybe, you know, because of the stories. Yeah. It'd be quite fun to have him in there as some sort of, you know, maybe the rival to Mikey somehow, or like just to kind of. Nice. The, or you the could guy be the anti mouth, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. could be the evil mouth. Yeah. yeah, not even the fact that it's like the Corys and all that, because this would have been just before they all kicked off. But it's like, yeah, if it, he could, he could maybe play Mikey, or but he, you know, or he could play Mouth. And since they went, you know, since he couldn't play Mouth because they went with Fieldman, so maybe that's why he's not, because he's certainly age appropriate for that group. You know, Jay Fox was just a bit older and brother yeah. and so forth. And, you know, Estevez and Charlie Sheen, these were just like, you know, five or six years younger. And so, yeah. So it could have been Ethan Hawke. He was sniffing around at those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the other character, the only other cast member that would be quite fun might be a Kiefer. And to your point around them escaping, maybe he would be like, you know, the cousin who's actually part of a proper gang. Do you know what I mean? Right. And he comes along to yeah. his bloody... Sort them out because they're so bloody useless. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, you probably do need, they're so useless. Yeah, you need a viable threat. So, yeah, yeah bring in the uncle or something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Would you have Richard Donner come back to direct this or would you go for fresh blood? I'd like Donna, even though he'd probably be like the Rolling Stones when they play a concert and they've actually got a band behind them playing the music. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think it might be a bit like that at this age. Well, sure. Yeah, okay. So, well, that's great. And is it Goonies 2? Does it have a I'm colon? I'm going Goonies 2. I'm going, I don't like colon, Sheppy, actually. That's going to become a recurring yeah. theme. I, I don't see a good... I mean, what... Because a colon will feel so much like the Pirates movies here, would it? Like, dead, right. one-eyed Willie's chest? <laughs> I don't know if we need to see sure. that. <laughs> I don't no, know if the nipple well, would still valid. be intact. But, um, <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, you, could, you could be like Goonies, colon, you know, yeah, um, murder under the sea. That's rubbish. But nonetheless, whatever, I'm with you. Fuck the colon. <laughs> so, yeah, right. No, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's great. So, yeah, I like it. Um, they all need reasons to come together. Some of it, you know, you can lean into, like, the fact that she played the piano, so now she's, like, you know, maybe not a piano. Maybe she's in a band, Andy. Um, and so, and, and nice. now, you know, there was one joke where he spoke, like, very, very basic um, Spanish. So you could lean into that. But he doesn't have to be in Spain. No. You know, he could be, you know, it was one joke, but, we, you know, it depends on how much you want to lean on. Like, I think they do things. lean into it a lot from memory, though. Maybe it's Mikey just me being a kid. Races. Yeah, I yes. hope so. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with that. I don't know. I think we've we built it. I don't, I don't yeah, know man. how it could end or anything, but that sounds... I think it I just like. ends cheesy it. again. It ends cheesy again. I think, you know, Mikey yeah. gets whatever he needs the money for for the town, you know, and... Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. good. You know, um, lovely. I like that you were very 
brazen about the fact that you haven't seen the film for like 20 years oh, man, going just... in on a sequel. I mean, I respect the hell out of that. Um, so good. I good. kind of wanted it to be one that we didn't like, really, like you said about Star Wars at yes. the top. That's got to be like episode 50 or something. Like, it'll be like, yes. it'll save the biggies for. Yeah, but day, if you but... if you were doing the script in the car, then you you know I think you've got a fairly solid foundation there, and yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. I I'm really yeah. excited to hear your Sheppy. Let's do it. Let's let's. Uh... All right. Well, lovely. Okay. Well, first of all, let me say I would watch your film, Jimmy. Uh, I'm in for <laughs> Thanks, it. man. <laughs> so that's great. Um, mine is also Goonies two, and mine also is without a colon. It's Goonies two, and you know, sequel-wise, Roman numerals, but they're bones, which I, oh. which I didn't come up with yet, but okay, but I didn't come up with that. I, I, that I saw, maybe it was even a computer game or something for Goonies 2, and so, so I'm not going to claim that as my own, but it's proper. You can have that too, because that's, that's out there. <laughs> Thanks, it's you brilliant. Might as it's well. brilliant. Yeah, it's proper, <laughs> yeah. Um, so just, I will say, and I mentioned this earlier, so this is a what if. This is, you know, um, technically you could do this as a cartoon or something, or you could, or even maybe in another five or ten years, the technology is good enough that they can de-age actors or use young actors and put another actor's face on there. We get into the point with the Marvel films, for example, where they are using de-aging technology. So in the and it's getting better and better. Some of it is more successful than others. And the Mandalorian used it, and it, again, it didn't look great, but it was still satisfying. But you know, so I'm saying another five or ten years when it's really affordable and they can do it proper. Maybe even another twenty years, but when it's photorealistic and you're getting Sean Connery James Bond films from like you know 1963 era Connery, and you're getting that, you know, on some level I'm against the idea, but on another level, oh God. Yes, please. So let's say you could use that technology. But in my scenario, in my head, this is a what if. This is a Thanos click and I've rewritten, reshaped history. Or we're just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an alternative universe. Oh. This is a direct sequel to the 1985 Goonies film. This is, I'm saying, 1988. This film is released in this scenario. It's Donna which means by that definition, we don't get Scrooged in this universe. Or if we do, it's not directed by Donna. That's the way it works. That's, that's life. So, so, we, we, so I want to watch that other Scrooged because, you know, anyway. So Goonies 2, 1988, directed by Richard Donner. Everyone comes back uh, with a few additions. Now, first of all, I thought to myself, do we, I, I thought that I was going to have the villains or the main MacGuffin, if you will, being pirates again, because I thought pirates and goonies go hand in hand and they're synonymous. But then I thought how much I like Temple of Doom. And in a way, as much as I love Last Crusade, I wish they hadn't have done Nazis in Last Crusade because it means that everyone always thinks of Nazis in Indy. And I would like it, you know, to do the third one. <laughs> this is another podcast. But you know what I mean? So I'm not doing pirates. Uh, I, but I thought, what is an equal in terms of American mythology? I thought cowboys. Uh, so different environment. We're away from the coast. We're deeply inland. But I'm not going to go the Monument Valley route. I'm going like Colorado, that type, big mountains. So whereas the setting for the first film was caves and pirates, the second film is kind of up the mountains, caves within mountains. I'm thinking cliffhanger style A big danger is lots of high drops, of course. Um, and um, there is waterfall action, so there is water involved. But it's, it's pirates. And also, I'm, I decided not to go with the Fratelli return um, gambit, where, you know, the revenge of the villains. I thought new villains in terms of the cowboy aspect, but also the immediate present day aspect. And one other change I made was, it is all the Goonies and they're all back, um, but to some of them to much lesser degrees, which might upset the purists. But, uh, you know, Mikey is now three years older, which means I guess, I mean, how old was Mikey in the first Goonies film? Are we saying 14, 13? I'm going to say 13. I think it's a 13 because his brother would be kind of driving test age. So it would be sort yeah, of, yeah. 16, yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, so he's 13, I'm saying. Um, so now he's, you know, he's 16. Brad is like, you know, early 20s, more or less. So it's, 
Oh, you can hear my dog waving. It's good stuff. It's all part of it. It's like Kevin Smith. Waving we'll gets so, a birds here, Sheppy, as well, for which I'm sure. Is I'm just... sure. Yes. When you said a podcast with birds, Jimmy, this isn't what I signed up for. But all right. <laughs> so I've totally lost my chain. But uh, so all right, it's a few new additions. Um, so everyone's a bit older, so therefore their roles are different. Um, Brad, Brad. Joss Harnett, Josh Harnett, uh, Brad, and brand? Uh, Andy. Because that's all I did. Brand. I just quickly sc- scrolled the yes, IMDb and just went characters. Your professional, Jimmy. Yeah. I didn't. I did not do that. So good. You have to tell me. Um, so Brand, he's together with Andy and they're older, but they're a much less uh, active part of it. Um, the, the We're going to bring in some young blood. So like a 10-year-old, I'm bringing in Data's younger sister, um, and also I'm thinking Chunk's younger sister as well. So we've got two chicks and they're both much younger, like in season five of Buffy when they bring in Dawn because everyone has aged out of the main demographic. So they're like, let's get some of that in. So we've got some two, like 10, 11 year olds, chicks. One is Chunk's younger sister. And yes, conforming with that, she's, she's a big girl, but you know, she's one of those in a nice way, Rosie O'Donnell, because I don't like Rosie O'Donnell, but she's sassy, dream, gruffalo, that's not her name. Um, but you know, sassy, cool, witty. Um, and maybe she's 11, maybe, maybe she's even like 13. I'm going to say she's 13 and Data's younger sister is in it. I'm saying, and I'm going to, so I'm going to say she's even younger. She's like 11, but she's, I'm going sort of a Lily modern family sort of vibe. Uh, she of course has a smart mouth also. Um, and whereas Data was all optimism and building gadgets, which did work in fairness. They did work. Some of them better than others, but he was no inspector gadget. He was, he was on point. Um, but she's more analytical and, and stuff, maybe a bit too serious. And her arc is she becomes more fun-loving, like her older brother and stuff like that. And she's this, this. Maybe uh, Chunk's younger sister. I'm saying she is older. Maybe she, she's 14. And I'm thinking Mouth is now like 16 as well. So maybe 14, 16, there's this probably slightly inappropriate, but it's 1988, so fuck it. That's them. And I'm not going to have what's-her-face, what, you know, whose Uh, name I don't even know. Amy? Steph. Steph was her name, yeah. Yeah, right. And she, of course, was played by Martha Plimpton, and she's great. But no, sorry, she's making Mosquito Coast. She's not. She she made it before. She's fine. But no, um, she's not going to be in it. And Malf has a slight romantic, in the same way as in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, with the, uh, you know, so it's innocent, but it's, you know, they're, they're not, they're, maybe there's a kiss on the lips at the end, like a quick one, and they're like, ooh. Um, but I'm thinking <laughs> that in that yeah. sense. Now, so it's 1988, it's pirates. Now, I, I didn't know exactly how to move the Goonies out of the Goon docks without it being like, oh, the Goonies go to camp. But the Goonies go to camp. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I need to get them away from the parents and I need a plausible reason for when they go off and have their adventure that no one necessarily misses them. I can't be dealing with real life. So they're at fucking camp. I don't I just say, Sheppy, I'm with you. And on a scale of one to Dell and Rodney go to Miami, it's a right. 5.6. It's not too bad. Summer in the city, baby. <laughs> I'm loving it. So, all right. And by the way, we don't linger. It's like the setup, they're there. And we're really, we're out of there very quickly. In the same way, they're out of the house very quickly in the first Goonies. So they're there they're, and their roles are established. They're all a bit older. Mikey hasn't got his braces. He does have his inhaler, but he doesn't use it very much. And he's, he's comfortable and he's cool. Data is just what you would expect Data to be. He's more high tech. He's more nuts. Girls love him. He's got the Spock thing going on. So he's a massive nerd kid in the 80s, but very popular with the ladies, which is infuriating mouth. Who is there? Who is failing with everyone? And he was dumped by What's-A-Face and he's not doing well. And 16 is not being kind to mouth. Uh, He was was okay his whole life, but in the end, reality caught up with him and he can't pull that shit without the necessary tools, which he does not have. So he's failing a bit at life, which is why also his relationship with chunks chunky sister is like a bit of an in-betweeners like oh i don't want to be with a fat bird but she's cool and she gets me and they get together and he goes past like what he should be looking for and all this sort of stuff classic classic stuff 
<laughs> so that's that's all happening now. Andy and Brand are there as camp camp counselors. Andy's there because she wants to, and she's making a difference, and she's playing the guitar and the campfire at night, having a great time being a camp counselor. Brand's there for the poontang, and he's not having a very good time there, but he's with Andy, and he's like there because he's the boyfriend, but he would rather be elsewhere, and Malf is winding him up and going there with fake complaints. And that can even be the scene where we introduce Malf and Brand for the first time, perhaps, where Malf is fucking with him, and he comes in saying, Doc, Doc, my head on fire or something <laughs> so anyway they're all established in the camp very quickly and mum and dad are you know giving pressure maybe there's a cameo of that chick who's in everything who plays their parents who's also in Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and she's yeah. on the phone she's Mikey and she's speaking to Brand saying look after Mikey and you know okay ma all that so so that's where we find our heroes at the beginning and like you to get everyone involved I selected a kidnapping is what propels things. Um, so basically, someone is kidnapped, and I, I reckon there's a guy, and I'm going to call him Hank, and he's sort of a cowboy type. And as soon as in my mind I saw Hank, I see what's his face from Breaking Bad. But it can't be him because he's too young at this point to play this character because it's 1988. But there's a Hank who's a redneck type, and he's our main villain in terms of like the fratelli mum is uh, the baddie in the original. So there's Hank, and he's some sort of bandit, robber, cowboy. Maybe he's a wannabe. Maybe his great-great-great-grandfather was like a really famous, like, Biff, you know, uh, bandit in the old day, and he wants to be this guy, and he feels like he's living out of time. Like, I should have been born in the the old West, ma! That sort of shit. So anyway, he knows his great-great-great-grandfather left a load of uh, loot uh, buried in the caves up the oh, Colorado yeah, Pass. And he has a map and he heard about this group of goonies a few years previously who had a map and solved the clues and, and survived everything. And that's how we get over the, oh, the same shit, having the same guy twice, is it's because of that. Uh, it's like, you know, so they go and they don't just find another map. They, Mikey, uh, the, he wants to kidnap Mikey, so he goes there. Now, I, th- I thought he could kidnap Mikey and maybe because he was spotted someone else as well. I thought maybe Mouth. Then I thought, and this is, again, it's funny that we both came to this separately in terms of kidnapping, but I thought maybe he kidnaps someone like Mouth because he thinks Mouth is Mikey and then he has to accidentally kidnap Chunk's sister at the same time because she walks in on them because he's oh, like, nice. hey, what's the ruckus? And then maybe a third one, maybe. Definitely those two. Uh, maybe a third Goonie is kidnapped as well. They all go off. And then the remaining Goonies, which would be Mikey, Data, um, or maybe Data was the other one who went, and therefore it's Mikey, Data's sister, and whoever else I'm forgetting about. I think that's... Oh, and Chunk, of Chunk, course. yeah. And as so long as Chunk get, doesn't get kidnapped, I think you're right on yes, that, Sheffy. Yes, so yeah. Chunk Devin didn't even cross my mind. No, and also they're not going to mistake Chunk for Mikey. But yeah, it's Chunk's sister and Data and... Um, and Mouth, and they get kidnapped, and they think that Mouth is Mikey, and he's going to solve the things. Uh, and then it's Mikey and Data's sister and Chunk are following them in hot pursuit, uh, with Brand and Andy having diminished roles, being there at the beginning. Maybe there's a running joke where they do the sensible thing and they go to the police, but the police don't believe them and lock them up. And during the film, we keep cutting back to them in a cell having a horrible time. But then like Andy starts teaching all the cops or the convicts or the hardened convicts in this real dust bowl, horrible place, uh, prison. She's getting them all singing and Bram can't believe it. So anyway... We keep cutting back to them, and at the end, they get out of the prison, and they join up in time for the very, maybe the finale, or maybe the coda after the finale, when everyone turns up again. Um, So there you go. Uh, They get to Colorado. Uh, They go in. They're following uh, clues somehow, like the other, like Mikey and everyone are following the clues, so they know where to go as well. Maybe they have the second half of the map, or something cliche like that. They both enter the, uh, the tunnels, at some point, they all mix up, so the whole gang are together, not just for the end, but, you know, the second half of the film is all the Goonies working together, going through, solving all the stuff, and then Hank 
and his idiot sidekicks are bumbling after them. I thought about this one sidekick who had kept having something chopped off, like the opening scene of the film before anything else, like the equivalent of the prison break in the first Goonies, is them in the cave trying, you know, a Hank and his companion, you know, his his goons trying to solve the first penitent man type you know, riddle, and they get it wrong, and then one of them gets chopped in half. And it's not, you know, it's done in a Goonies way. It's a PG, but it's done in a, you know, they, it's almost cartoony. It's PG. It. <laughs> it's, it's PG, but not even in a Spielberg Raiders PG. It's like something happens, but it's not, it's, it's maybe you just see their boots go woo or something. I don't know. It's not hardcore. And if you, if that means not killing them, but they get messed up. I think one of them like keeps losing bits of him. Like he gets his ear chopped off and then he gets like a finger chopped off and then a foot and then an arm. And at the end, he's just like this body with pegs sticking out where his arms and legs should be. But I know this isn't David Cronenberg and that's probably over the line. But I thought that would be funny <laughs> if there was like a sidekick and he kept losing body parts in a cartoony sort of home alone sort of way but again and let's not forget the first Goonies is rel- you know, it has some has an edge fairly, yeah. it has an edge which brings me to should I bring Sloth back and I don't want to but I might be under too much pressure by the studio so in that case Sloth is like airlifted in for the finale at the very end and he saves the day if absolutely necessary he comes with Brand and Andy and he's like, oh, we're going to need big guns. I know just the fellow. And then they go and get Sloth. I can see Sloth at the camp. Like, <laughs> she's got a, I mean, that's the, all the fucking children. <laughs> yeah, if, you don't have a, if you don't have the catchphrase as well, Sheppy, you have to bring him back yeah. and he has to say the line. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's um, it. If he, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, I'll be happy if he comes in at the very end to save the day. Camp Chef, Sheppy. You don't even need to be on the adventure. I reckon it's totally fine. Right. Just in the background, yeah. just doing okay, stuff. Okay, well, in that case, yeah, if he doesn't turn up for the end adventure, then he could be at the camp. I don't know what he's doing at the camp. But <laughs> yeah, let's say he's gone to the camp um, as well. And I see the camp, you know, being all sunshine and meadows. It's not in Colorado. It's just a way, it's somewhere pretty. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's where Hank's you know, kidnapped and then they fly. Well, that's an interesting then, point. There's even like a little, if Chunk isn't in the... Of course, he's not getting kidnapped, but if he's one of the first to realise what's happened, like yeah. there could be a little homage to his little point of the stories and stuff where they try and get yes. to wherever the place is if it's far away and he has to hitch a ride and there was some like dodgy folk and he's really scared <laughs> of the car having to like offer bar, <laughs> chocolate bars or something for the ride. I don't know, it's something stupid. But no, I well, love it. I can see a service yes. station scene where he makes an escape. <laughs> Uh, I'm loving that. No, I'm loving all of that. Um, yeah, I love it. There's Sheppy. one other I think thing. There's really one other thing. There's, yeah. there's one more vital thing I didn't talk about. I needed an equivalent of One-Eyed Willie. Uh, so the Kurtz, who they're rushing towards, the great great grandfather, he who stashed all the loot to begin with. I didn't want to. So One-Eyed Willie is not subtle. And if I pitched to you a pirate with one eye called One-Eyed Willie, you would say, <laughs> Sheppy, that's the peg leg is nothing compared to this idea. This is a bad idea, Sheppy. This is a career killer, Sheppy. Is what <laughs> I you don't know how they got away with it. <laughs> no. So with that in mind, the name of the pirate king, not the pirate, excuse me, the cowboy king, who is, you know, the great-great-grandfather whose loot is all this is about, uh, is Purple Head Pete. Uh, Purple Head Pete is the cowboy whose skeleton turns up at the oh, end. Oh, God. And there might even be a grand crouching bush red Indian character. <laughs> um, but we'll let, we'll let that one go for the moment. Uh, so a couple of bullet points um, as well, just about that. I wanted um, you know, Mikey to at one point have his This Is Our Time speech, if, um, you know the equivalent some sort of like nice moments so i figure at the end yeah. he talks to hank and hank's like this is my legacy it's my legacy it's my great great grandpappy who did this it's all about me uh and mikey's like you know it's not where you're from it's not what who you you know, used to be it's not who you were born as it's what you do you know you're not a cowboy you're a common crook uh, we're cowboys we're pirates we're the goonies something like that you know so you know, it's about being yourself and being cool isn't trying to be cool for other people. It's about, you know, being cool for yourself type metaphor. So, you know, so that's nice. So that's the 
the main gist. And I don't think I'm just quickly skimming through a text just to see if I've got anything that I've forgotten about, but I think I've covered everything. So, so that's my Goonies too. Like I say, it's made in 1988. Everyone comes back. Everyone's a few years older. Um, Yeah. Maybe it leads the way to a Fratelli's returning in part three, a la Nazis and Last Crusade. Oh, nice. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I've got to say, man, that the reaction that incites in me is anger and sadness, Sheps, in terms of I wish it existed. I wish it existed. My mind has a chance of existing, but I wish, I mean, they could do the digital de-aging, like you say, maybe in the future and pick this thread up for you. But it's amazing. Brilliant. I love it. Well, I think, I'm, I mean, all I for even, it. I'm trying to think, like, the only thing I was thinking... I, when you were saying about who gets kidnapped, I think you got it right. I think data as well, because he then has the chance for them to regroup. He can do something to get them out of the sit. And it also it? gives a reason for data's sister to come as well. Cause why would they take this annoying little kid? Because yeah. I'm going to tell mom and dad, unless you take me, cause it's data <coughs> and he's my brother. Like, Ugh. So yeah, but of course I don't want her to be a scrappy dude. She is cool. I want everyone to be cool. And mouth of course finds, you know, he's, good to be cool and again that probably pays into the mikey speech about yeah being cool isn't like brushing your hair ralph it's about being cool and maybe that's what the sister says and that's when they kiss at the end it'd be a funny wrinkle like mouth isn't able to get his hair the way he wants it so it's just all over the place yeah, for most yeah. Of it. i finally got it used to sea air and now this dry desert stuff is messing me up yes <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, I had one idea. I had one scene, not even a scene, a clip, a soundbite in my head. Of, and I see it from the trailer or even the, the TV trailer, which from the 80s were always like, you know, about three seconds long. It's like, they're from the future. He's from the past. Terminator. And that's it. <laughs> you know, it's always like these really quick TV adverts in the 80s, super quick. Um, so for this one, I saw it like, they're back. And this time it's cowboys. Goodies too. Cinemas nationwide, June third. So it's like okay, so that's nice. But I see I this one bit turned into uh, Arnie Hank. at the end of it. There, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hank has a gun on um, on Chunk, and he's saying like, you know, you're going to tell. Um, no, he's got a he's got a gun on Mouth, and they're all together at the end. This kid is going to read the maps, and he's going to, you know, this kid's going to solve all our problems. And then Chunk says, Bye, mister, have you been misinformed? And I just <laughs> see that. And I just see it how Chunk would say it. I see it so clearly in my mind. Like, Mr. Bye, have you been misinformed? And that's, uh, that's great. So that's, yeah, it's not even funny or particularly good, but I, I see that. I like so that, it. That's I a deal breaker for me. That, that has to be in there. <laughs> so, oh, mate. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah the great. summer of, of 88. I'm, I'm all that over that. I wish, happy. I, mean, I you know. wish, wish it existed. So, biggest question for both of us is: Is Lauper back? Because it, it's one of those Pardon? movies which is is Lauper back. Cindy, is she going to be doing the oh, theme song? No, 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 she's not. No, <laughs> no. it's one no, of those iconic not. '80s videos though. That's just epic. It's like almost yeah, a, it is. a DVD extra, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's huge. Yeah. It is exactly a DVD extra as well. And I'll tell you what. No, um, but we don't need Lauper back. Bless Lauper. But no, we can have someone else, you know, the sky's the limit. Let's let's see if we can get Yaz on board. But you know, <laughs> it, we, we went straight to eighty eight. I really that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need, you know, every single ingredient back. It's like I'm thinking about sequels that I like, or even sequels that are, by the way, I don't see the Goonies 2 being as good as the first film. But then that's classic as well. It's the law of diminishing returns. It's you know, it's like it's good enough. Good enough. That wasn't even on purpose. Wow. I know, but uh, what we, what I would say is it doesn't need all the ones that I like, and even ones that aren't quite as bad. It doesn't need to hit exactly the same points. And I love Ghostbusters too, Jimmy. You know I do. Regal Cinema, you and me, Ghostbusters two all night long. But it does hit the same beats, and even Die Hard two hits the same beats as well a bit too much. And I love Die Hard two even more than I like Ghostbusters two. Nonetheless. Whereas you look at Temple of Doom, which of course, as we know, is a prequel, but maybe they use this as an excuse. I'm still not exactly sure why it had to be a prequel, but I'm fine with that. 
even though it doesn't make sense because they do hit some beats as an in-joke to Raiders. But nonetheless, it's like, fine, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. And I really like that. So I'm saying no to Lauper. It's not a deal breaker, but let's see what Yaz is cooking up first. <laughs> this is but I'm I'm waiting now. I'm like, now you can probably take us into land, Jimmy. I think we probably... not, I, if you don't I think that's the landing. We see the landing lights. I can't wait to listen to that. Take again. us in, Captain. Yeah, the the the, the, <laughs> the the round to get back to Yaz was absolutely stunning. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to it again. You know, I, um, I I could talk about Yaz and men's fashions all day, but this I think I think we've said everything we need I to say. I think we have. Yeah. I love your I would watch your sequel. I'm getting the impression oh, you would watch one hundred percent I'd watch yours. Yeah, absolutely. I'm loving it. Um so, so yeah. um I, I've had a blast. Me too, Sheppy. Thanks for this, man. I hope, uh, yeah, we get back on this possibly as early as next week to uh, deliver now, another movie. Jim, which would uh, do you want to? Are you going to name it at the end of the episode? Well, that's what I was going to ask, and I was going to ask you earlier, but I thought I can do it live, as it were. So the question is: Yes, I had thought about what my uh, my response to this would be. Um, I could say it now, and it could be a you know, James Moore will return in type situation. What yep. do you think? Please, yeah, well, uh, you can't leave me for it. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. <laughs> well, the clues in the title, I figure, well, and I said it earlier as well, I'm going to go hit it hard straight away. I'm saying it's going to be a James Bond what if. Uh, within the pantheon of James Bond films, there are a million what ifs, like you know, lots of different things. What if Roger Moore played James Bond in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which they were sort of considering at some point. But that's not my what if. Mine is this. Uh, at the end, Jim, of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, it says James Bond will return in Diamonds Are Forever. And then, of course, they made it and so forth. But my film, Jim, is Diamonds Are Forever, made in 1971, a direct sequel to On Her Majesty's Secret Service. George Lazenby's back, Savalas is back. That's the premise. So I'm putting it into a much stricter corner as you, but that's after that, the sky's the limit. Love it. Okay, man. That is a challenge accepted. And you 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 wouldn't necessarily have known this, but it, Diamonds is the bond I have seen like it's the it's the last one to do a relap of honestly it mm. that would be mm. almost 20 years i want to say since diamonds well i just never let me get be to clear it again then well yes now this in no way the best way and i'm you know it's really up to you of course i'm not going to revisit say, it, yeah no because this is not a remake or a reimagining of diamonds are forever this is because obviously that film from its plot everything the tone was because on a Majesty's secret service was deemed to be a failure at the time so they paid the big bucks they got connery back they got the director from goldfinger and they wanted to make goldfinger 2 and that's why it's lighter and they're trying to recapture that goldfinger magic and you know whether you like that film diamonds are forever or not it's irrelevant at this point that film would only exist on a molecular level with sean connery in it if Lazenby had have come back, I don't know what the film would have been. It wouldn't be what I'm thinking of. It's not going to be what you will come up with, but it wouldn't be in any way the film that exists. So it's not even an option of seeing Diamonds or not. The option is, do you watch On Majesty's Secret Service again? Because this is a sequel, a James Bond sequel to On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I'm excited to even get my chops into that, Sheps. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Well, the um, challenge accepted, old boy. Look forward to that. I'm all for it, Jimbo. This has been a treat. I noticed that we're about on the hour mark, so I think we should quit whilst we're plummeting fast. So I like it. <laughs> this Ooh, has been an absolute joy. Jimbo, it has, man. Joy. Yeah, but, uh, and brilliant. hey, if anyone listening has an idea, like they think that our ideas suck or that they have an alternative idea, for a Goonies 2 or anything else, please bring it on because it's this sort of drunken discussion that I can really get behind. So I'm all for it. <laughs> That's a lovely way to close. Cracking. Well, thanks, Sheppy. And uh, lovely. Th thanks for listening out there. 
Take it easy, everyone. Oh, Jim, we should probably have like a sign-off. Let's have a sign-off and you can keep this bit in. This is great. We can come up with it live. Uh, but yeah, in, so we don't do the classic, ah, ah, ooh, ah, say goodbye, you say goodbye. We need, we need a catchphrase sign-off. No pressure, but go. <laughs> uh, standing on the shoulders will return. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not very inspiring, isn't it? Let's do another one. Catchphrases go. I mean, it's not zingy, but it's factual. I mean, I, I hope it will return. It's kind of James Bondy. How about uh, zingaling ding, time for the bling? No one will see that coming. That's classic. <laughs> I'll take your silence as a yes. I'll take your spluttering and swallowing your own tongue as an enthusiastic sign. <laughs> well, okay. Singling thing. <laughs> what he said. Thanks I'll memorize for it. For the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll try and come up with something else for next time. But yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll do a vote. Uh, we can even do standing <laughs> on your shoulders. We'll return next week. Or we can do a zingling ding. Thanks for the bling. Um, Take a vote, everybody, when you all hear this. <laughs> Love it. Bling wins. <laughs> God bless you, Sheppy. Singling ding. And Take thanks for the bling. <laughs> Please feel free to connect with us at Shoulders Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.